Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Fiscal Yogi podcast. You're listening to Anis Rao. I'm a certified financial planner and in this episode we're going to be talking about mental accounting, which is a kind of cognitive bias and how mental accounting plays havoc in our financial lives. So let's talk about mental accounting and cognitive biases. Cognitive biases are these tricks that our minds play on us. They're kind of similar to optical illusions. but in the sense that optical illusions are kind of benign and they are mostly perspective tricks so if you're a student of drawing perhaps you'll understand what i'm saying that uh, perspective kind of plays uh, havoc with our perception of the way the world or the universe is around us uh, cognitive biases kind of play havoc with the way our brain perceives the universe around us but cognitive biases have a lot more uh, dangerous effect when it comes to our lives than than uh, mental than optical illusions so mental accounting is a type of cognitive bias or a trick that our brain plays on us to make us treat money that comes from different sources differently so in our head we kind of treat that if you had to work for that money you actually earn that money and then you are a lot more careful about the way you spend that money whereas if you didn't have to work for that money that money is free money and then you can spend it however you like so this kind of shows up in a couple of places so obviously money that you work for whether it's your salary or whether it's uh, even chores around the house if you're somebody who's not making money right now who's not earning as such and you get paid for chores around the house by your parents or uh, any other like if it's freelance income whatever there is an association with hard work with uh, hours spent at the desk doing doing actual mental work or physical work perhaps or some for some people and uh, that is then associated with that money so therefore you sp- you tend to spend that money a lot more carefully on the other hand uh, you may get some money from let's say a tax refund which is basically your employer kind of miscalculating the taxes on your behalf and then paying more taxes to the government on your behalf and then you claiming a refund from the tax department that is basically your money that should have come to you as a part of your salary but due to a calculation error it was mistakenly paid to the government and you are only claiming back what is rightfully yours that isn't exactly free money but attend to a lot of people tend to think of that as free money and just blow it up uh, quite commonly that also happens to gifts so if you get a lot of gifts especially cash cash gifts from your from relatives from grandparents and so on you tend to think of that as free money but what people forget is that money is fungible exactly like water so if you mix uh, water from your tap and water from the store and you put them both in one glass you can't tell the difference right so because that's because water is fungible so you can't tell two sources of water apart in the same way even money is fungible so money that came in from your salary and money that came in from a gift is actually the same thing if you if they are both in your bank account you can't tell the difference if you withdraw them from your from your bank account and you have it in cash you can't say that you know this 1000 rupee note or oh, i'm sorry i'm living in the past but this 2000 rupee note is uh, from my salary and this other 2000 rupee note is from my uh, tax refund or from my gift so i can choose so i will spend one note wisely and the other i can be foolish with and so on that kind of thing doesn't work so if you're not convinced that this this happens to you maybe a couple of stories will help you on the way so story number 1 is of jake and amy they are a newly married couple and uh, they were to go on a on a vacation to las vegas so amy and jake had never been to vegas and some of my listeners including myself 
have never been to Vegas. So let me just tell you that Vegas is a casino town. So the entire economy runs on casinos. And uh, at the every hotel is basically a casino. So when they landed at their hotel, they were thrilled to find that their casino had a their hotel had a casino in their ground floor, and they went straight to the tables to gamble. They'd never done that before, and it was a thrilling and exciting experience. And very soon they gambled away all of their money except for ten dollars. It didn't take them very long to run through their thousand dollars of savings that they had. And all they had is ten dollars, so at the end of that, uh, they were a little shattered because one, that was all their savings, and that was all they had for their vacation. So it looked like their vacation was coming to an end very soon. So they kind of decided that you know they they'd probably head back to the hotel and get some sleep, and then take the first flight out back back home to where they'd come from, and uh, they just had ten dollars, remember, in their pockets. So they were both lying in bed and uh, in their pajamas, and uh, Jake had that that ten dollar bill in his hand still. He was still fingering it and trying to figure out what to do next because his gambling itch wasn't completely over, and he kind of felt that the tables owed him a better a better uh, run of luck. So he got out of the bed very quietly without waking up his wife. and went back to the table and he bet the last 10 dollars that he had and he got lucky and it became 20 dollars and suddenly he felt okay this this could be working in my favor and he bet the 20 dollars once again and it became 40 dollars and so on and so on and so on he played and very soon he was worth believe it or not 3 million dollars and that was when the casino manager came up to him and came up to him and told him that look uh, we this is we've reached the limit of uh, the bets that we handle in this casino but perhaps you'd like to come to our bigger casino which is just down the road and we can have our limo take you there so jake said said sure yeah he was having the luck of his he was having the run of his life and he wasn't going to stop right there so he got into the limo wearing worth 3 million dollars uh, for the first time in his life wearing pajamas he would have hoped that he was dressed better for the occasion but hey you can't choose everything so he got into the limo and they took him down to the other casino and he started betting and his luck stayed with him and his 3 million dollars very soon was 10 million dollars and that was more money that than he and amy had ever dreamt of even having in their lifetimes and a very a few days after their wedding they were sitting on 10 million dollars and he said okay let's he was almost about to call it quits but he said okay i'll do one more bet and he bet the entire 10 million dollars and lost and he was down to zero and he found out very soon that when you're down to zero zero dollars nobody cares two hoots about you so the casino people turfed him out they put him out on the street no limousine waiting to take you back to your hotel he had to walk it down back it uh, back to his hotel in in his pajamas and it was a cold night and he walked up to their uh, room and he quietly got into bed next to his wife and as he was getting into bed his wife stirred and she asked him where did you go and he said uh, i went back to the tables and she was shocked and she like she asked him did you lose too much money and he says no 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 only 10 dollars the last 10 dollars that we had that's all i lost so she says oh that's okay then never mind and she went back to sleep so now what i'd like you to think about here is that did uh, 
how much did how much money did Jake really lose over there? Did he lose ten million dollars, or did he lose ten dollars, or did he lose one thousand dollars that he came to the casino with? Time for the second story now. So this is from my own life. I used to have a credit card earlier, which uh, had a very specific reward structure. So it worked like this: I had to make four transactions of a thousand rupees or more each within a month. And once I completed those four transactions, I would get a thousand bonus points, and those thousand bonus points could be redeemed as what's called statement credit, or uh, what's today very commonly called cashback. It essentially worked like the same thing. So, why I got the card, I think that was a great deal because I I thought that I had a lot of expenses which were invariably above. Uh, I would I would have like four transactions of thousand rupees each every month effortlessly. So this was a, a very simple. Logic to have this card, so that's what I went and did. And after a few months of using it, I kind of figured that I had three transactions every month, which were like definite. Like I think I would pay for groceries, and uh, my insurance payments went out of that, and I think my broadband bill. So there were three transactions which were all of thousand rupees or more, and I would definitely have those on my statement. But the fourth one was always missing. So sometimes we'd then go out for a meal. But it would quite often happen that the the restaurant that we'd gone to wouldn't accept this card. That's that was very common for this card. So then I would end up having the meal and then having to pay it out of somebody else's. I mean, my either my wife's credit card or I would use another of my own credit cards for that bill. Sometimes I would uh, just buy money, buy some stuff on Amazon, and sometimes I didn't even need the stuff that I was buying, but I would just buy another thousand bucks worth of stuff on Amazon or. Sometimes I would just let it lapse. Maybe I would. I was busy towards the end of the month, and I didn't remember that I still had one transaction left. And sometimes I would just let it be at the end of the month, and then forego that two fifty rupees of cash back. So, what do you think was the most sensible option in all of these? Should I should I have found some way of spending another thousand rupees to get that two fifty rupees cash back, or should I have just let that that money slide? So, what did you think? What in the Jake and Amy story? How much did they lose? Was it ten dollars, one thousand dollars, or ten million dollars? So, if you were falling a prey to mental accounting, you would say only ten dollars because that's the money that Jake went into the casino with. Uh, this is also called house money effect in this particular situation because you kind of think that money that you won through gambling isn't money that, like I said at the beginning of the episode, that you earned and therefore you can afford to lose it because it's it's not your money anyway. It's just It's like monopoly money. It's fake money. But if Jake had cashed out of the casino at the point before he he bet his ten million dollars, he would have ten million dollars in his hand, with which he could go and spend and buy real stuff. So you couldn't count that as fake money, right? Similarly, with uh, with my credit card story, right? What was happening with me was I was kind of valuing the cash back higher than the money I would have to spend to to get that cash back. Imagine that a worst case scenario where I didn't have really anything to spend on, but I was just cooking up transactions uh, worth a thousand rupees or more, and therefore spending four thousand rupees to get that two fifty rupees cash back. It's kind of stupid, right? It doesn't make sense. But the way the marketers also do this entire thing, they make it like a game. So they'll send me a message every once in a while. Oh, you're just one transaction away from getting a thousand bonus points. And again, points, right? You you have this. Uh, It's very childhood uh, game-like thing. Oh, I'm gonna win some points today. So that's the way they kind of play with your psychology, and 
it's good to know these kinds of things because now you will be a little more aware about uh, the way marketers play with you and do all of these tricks to do with cashbacks and and give you uh, free stuff because they know that they're going to find ways to get you to spend more and therefore bump up their own profits so that was episode 4 mental accounting this is the first part of a two part series that i'm doing where we talked about mental accounting and the kind of uh, havoc that it creates in your financial life the next episode part 2 of this uh, special on mental accounting i'm going to talk about how you can use mental accounting in your favor to make better decisions both financially and even with your time because time is also an asset like money right so stay tuned for episode 5 on mental accounting coming out next week do tweet me at fiscal yogi you can write to me at hello@fiscalyogi.com you can tell your friends about this podcast that would be very nice we are available on google podcast on spotify anchor and apple podcast and wherever else you get your podcast thank you very much for listening have a great day